Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. This is Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are two grizzled YouTube channel managers, pro channel managers that have been managing many a YouTube channel over many uh, years, too many to count between us. And uh, we are here to share with you some of our insights from behind the scenes of the YouTube and the online video ecosystem. Tom, how have you been? I am officially in lockdown as we speak. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, I went and uh, saw my sister at some point last week, and then uh, she messaged me to say that she'd uh, tested positive for COVID. And luckily, she just had kind of some light fluy symptoms, which she seems to be over the worst of now. So there's that. But it just means that me, wife, and two kids are now locked down for two weeks solid, not even allowed to go for a walk outside, um, can't go to the shops. So obviously there's people with worse problems in the world, as I always like to say and think, but uh, a little bit of added stress at an already very busy time. But as I say, you know, there's a, could, could always be a lot worse. And I'm just grateful that my, my sister's, you know, not one of the people that ended up in hospital once they contracted it. So madness all around. What about you? Wow. Wow, that's crazy news. Um, well, obviously very happy that it's it's a light case. You know, day-to-day stuff is day-to-day stuff, but, you know, life stuff is uh, really interesting. I think we spoke last time that, you know, we had sort of plans, but uh, essentially I'm a new homeowner in a rural part of Quebec in Canada. Da, 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 da. Congratulations. Thank you. And planning to move in... Probably six weeks. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, six weeks. Holy crap. <laughs> I hadn't realized how close that was. Uh, big life changes going to the, you know, from, you know, downtown Toronto, which is, you know, the size of, you know, it's, Toronto is, is, is Canada's New York uh, in a way, and it's the biggest city in Canada. So, uh, and going to rural life in a way, a small town in, in Quebec, which is actually ridiculously close to the U.S. border. Like I'm, I'll be 20 minutes away from uh, the US uh, where I'll be living. So it's, it's, uh, it's a big change coming up. So really ignorant question. Mm-hmm. Can you speak French? Yes. Do you, need to, do you need to speak French? Yeah, I would say, so, so just so everybody knows, I'm born and raised Quebec. So I essentially, I went to French school most of my life. And uh, which is why I have this weird accent. If for people out there who are sort of like, where's that accent from? Is it Canadian? Is it French? It, it, it really depends. If you live in in Montreal, which is the biggest city in in in, in Quebec, uh, you can get by by just being English. And uh, but outside of the city, it tends to be a little bit touchier, <laughs> where you know uh, a, most of it is French. But because of where we're going, we're close to the U.S. border. There's a lot of U.S. traffic when the borders are open. City's a little bit more English. So yeah, that's that's a bit a bit uh, of of that situation. Just as an FYI, I'm trilingual. Um, I speak both English, French, and Portuguese. Very impressive. I barely speak English, so (laughs) (laughs) you're pulling you're pulling up the average. No. All right. So we're going to get right to it. But before we get to it, uh, we want to thank our sponsor, BEN. Oh, sorry. No, uh, um, uh, our sponsor is TubeBuddy, which is as of yesterday, the big news fell down that BEN acquired TubeBuddy. So huge congratulations to that team. Yeah, it's run by Bill Gates now. 
Yeah. <laughs> In case for those who don't know, TubeBuddy is the ultimate creator tool to streamline their YouTube uh, optimization and workflow. Uh, I use TubeBuddy every day and cannot live without it. Uh, it's the best tool to manage and optimize your YouTube channels. Tom, do we have a special offer for our audience? Boy, do we have a special offer. So if you are interested in a multi-channel license, you can get a world-exclusive discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the biggest crash and burn when it comes to... <laughs> to online video in a long time. And we're not talking about my on-camera career either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Quibi was gonna was gonna, you know, launch a new style of video. And uh, as of last week, it's shut down. Uh, what is Quibi, Tom? Because you you weren't really paying attention to this, were you? No, I'd, I'd never heard anything great about it. And I think, not that I'm like the, you know, the world leader on all things video industry that's not YouTube, but the fact that I hadn't really heard much about it. I knew the name. I knew it was Katzenberg. I knew they were spending money. Um, but like, I was even surprised today to realize that it was available in the UK because they have not spent a single marketing dollar in the UK, like not a YouTube ad, not a billboard, not a banner ad. Nothing. Wow. Like I couldn't, I was so shocked today when I clicked on it and realized that it was available in the UK. So, and I think that might be to, to do with the fact that they weren't monetizing in the UK. I could be wrong. Yeah. It could have been someone's <laughs> pirate website for all I know, you know. But okay, so so uh, rewind a bit. Like, what what is Quibi? Okay, so Quibi is a new OTT platform. If you yep. want to hear more about OTT platforms, check out our last episode. I think it can be summed up by its awful name, which is Quibi, which is sh kind of a shortened version of Quick Bytes. And basically, it was a designed to be a mobile first and mobile exclusive platform originally with videos up to the length of about 10 minutes, I think. Uh, but all short form, you know, billions invested in the technology, <laughs> in the team uh, launched by Jeffrey Katzenberg of Disney fame um, and also the former CEO of Hewlett Packard board member. I think it was board member of like Dropbox and all of these crazy big... Meg Yeah, Yep. Like mad success, mad pedigree. Basically, nobody that's that's created a, an online social network, online no, sort of like streaming platform, yeah. and knows anything about Tradi uh, the traditional audiences, traditional yeah. media, traditional tech. So um, I'll, and, I'll add, add a little bit to what you, yeah. what you're saying. One of the thing, one of the the sort of key features about Quibi was it's sort of this sort of like technology where you could watch your uh, you can watch video um, uh, on on sort of like this traditional way where you. you know, you're just have your phone sideways, but also flip it horizontally and uh, the angle would change and it would be almost like a completely different point of view and it would be formatted to your, to the phone, to the, to the way it's being recorded. And that was sort of like one of the, the main selling points uh, of the platform. 
on top of having a hundred percent original content, the selling point was also like these, you know, bite-sized series of seven to eight minutes long with commercial breaks. It wasn't, it wasn't a free OTT platform. It was both an OTT, AVOD and uh, advertising. When I say AVOD, it means advertising and subscription-based. Go ad free. You can go ad free basically. Yeah, you could go ad free, but it was like the priciest of the, of the, of the prices, which I don't, off the top of my head, I can't remember it, but I, I, one of the biggest sort of like knocks against it was that, you know, like you would pay five, $6 a month for, for advertising. And it's like, uh, I don't think people are sort of like into that these days, even though it's a low amount, it's sort of like when you want to build an audience, uh, that's not a, not a good way to sort of do it. But the big news, I guess, to get, get going is that as of last week, Six months after launch, after billions of billions of money raised, it closed shop. Well, I think it's still available right until December. Yeah, right? but it's closing. Uh, yeah. They've announced that it will be shuttered, I think, on December 1st of this year, 2020. Yeah. And there was rumors of it being shopped around and pretty much everybody that took a look at it said, no, thank you. So why did it go nowhere? Why did nobody care about this, Tom? Well... To quote Katzenberg, he said, I attribute everything <laughs> that has gone wrong to coronavirus, which makes no sense when you realize that kind of YouTube viewership, Amazon viewership, Netflix viewership all went absolutely through the roof because people are at home consuming content, yep. mobile, yep. tablet, whatever it would be. So I'd say worst, not the worst excuse, but lame excuse um, one that's got so many holes in it. So yeah, I think we should instead um, start to pick apart why we think it didn't work. Well, yeah, it's uh, one of the first things to, to remember is that uh, because Katzenberg comes from the traditional landscape, they, they were really against uh, any which way for people to create, to pirate the content. Like they, they did everything in their power to make it impossible for you to share the content and impossible to even take a screenshot, which was which is mind-boggling in 2020 of you know preventing people from creating content with your content. So nobody could really create a meme out of these shows, or they could. You'd literally have to take a screenshot of your device. Yeah, you'd have to take a photo of your phone with another phone. Yeah, yeah, and that was the only way you can get like uh, content off it. And you know, there's uh, I don't want to be the only one sort of saying that things wrong, but the, the other second thing is that this was only available on phones there was no other platform for this they did they did later realize yes that, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's 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 an after the fact right but essentially it only launched on phones again like their whole selling point was this, this is going to be your commute type of like con concept content right yeah those are two things that just prevented it from going anywhere as an ott platform you know like it's mine. It's it's incredible to think that you know we you couldn't watch this on you know your laptop. You couldn't watch this on um, your Apple or Roku's of this world. My sort of like two cents of that was like, where the hell did all this money go? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, so I, I much think, money. I think it was like two point something billion. Um, yep. and a billion with it, a billion of it was in a, the original content. <laughs> And to me, that's just crazy for someone who hasn't got an audience yet to make that yep. bet is pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, when basically every other platform that is successful has 
built it on the back of other people's pla- uh, other people's content. Yep. So YouTube is 99.99999% other people's content. Netflix was for years and years and years, a hundred percent other people's con- content. Same with Amazon. TikTok is all user generated. Obviously there is some branded content on there. Um, same with Instagram, you name it. It's, it's the people that are powering it. And so to bet a billion dollars on more on original content with zero audience to me is crazy, you know, cause then you're going to, you're going to need a marketing budget of at least 300 million to add on to that. Oh, that and the thing is, they they essentially had the you know in a way they have the the Apple TV model right where they're creating all their own original content. The the difference here is that even you're, you're seeing this now. It's like Apple TV, you know, is not necessarily the most profit. It's not profitable at all, and this is a, a company that has you know over a billion devices out there. So coming out of the blue as a completely new brand and a completely new service with this these kinds of limitations where you know 100% of the content was original uh they did use a lot of like star power to create this content but that doesn't do anything nowadays like you know especially on the web on the web it's all about UGC that's how you build an audience yeah and so i think there's a couple of things to to discuss here first of all you say like star powered but if they're betting all of their money on a younger audience which i suppose they would if that's the that's the logic if they're going for mobile only because they weren't it's not like they were going after traffic in the developing countries of the world where they're going for mobile because bandwidth is lower and it's easier to stream to mobile so we can write that off as a consideration so they're basically putting a bet on younger audiences but people that young viewers think are celebrities are not the same as people that you and I and generations of ours and above would think of celebrities you know the celebrities to young people are streamers and mr beast and it was rumored that you know they turned down mr beast as a as a content creator for for them that's insane how out of touch they are just just so out of touch with the, the audience and also so they're betting that yeah you know millennials gen z whatever they only want to watch things on mobile well that's rubbish they might watch it on their commute, but generally, if you're at home, people are not sitting on their... Ca- I don't think so. It might be my personal experience, but people are not sitting at home in the comfort of their home watching something on a tiny four-inch device. They're watching it on minimum tablet, if not laptop, if not big screen TV, because that's just a better viewing experience. And yes, again, they did adapt later on to allow it onto bigger screens, but why would you limit the devices on which you can watch this content that you've paid so much for when absolutely the the trend is that people want to pick up a device and carry on where they left off no matter what device it is they just want to watch the the content wherever they are on whatever device so why would you limit it to a to a you know 3 4 inch screen is 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 pretty crazy like where where's the market research here i'd I'd love to hear (laughs) i'd love to have been in some of these meetings and it's strange because i have worked in another company before where things massive amounts of money were spent on launched and failed projects where you can look at the logic of it even before it was released and say 
why has no one spoken up and said that's not the model? Download mm. to own is not the model. People do not want to download to own. People want to eat as much as you like. Yep. So I know that it can happen in these big companies, in experienced companies as well as new companies, but where are the people that are there to say no? You know, where are the people that question some of these decisions? And how did these decisions get made in the first place? Well, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of egos here, right? There's yeah. a lot of egos of people who've been successful in other industries. I mean, you know, that's not, I'm not going to say Katzenberg hasn't been a, an incredibly successful person. It's just, yeah. you know, like there's, there's generation gaps, right? There's often people who just don't understand that it's like their time's done. They're, they can't, just because they mastered one medium doesn't mean they can master another. And, you know, uh, again, that's more of a personal, you know, POV for me, but it, it's just like, okay, you know, move on. There's other people doing way better things and let them do it. It's so hard to build an audience for a show in general, like even on established established networks right you know that have shows with superstar power and all that sort of stuff and it's, it's like a new show is a new brand it is a new identity and it's like imagine you know you have on one end you have a new platform and another and every show on that platform is completely new and yes i did hear some thought that certain shows were actually pretty good but i also think we're also in 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 the space where the pay to stream platforms are starting to get a little saturated. Like we're all starting to get a little bit tired of, of like, Oh, I need to subscribe to this. I need to subscribe to that. And, you know, being in this ecosystem, I feel like what's going to be sort of like the, the battleground nowadays is going to be the AVOD free, but ad supported system and that's that's youtube landscape right think of like any you're you're anybody at this point like just me i'm super conservative when it comes to subscriptions and i'm already looking at i have i'm already paying for three myself netflix uh amazon crave which is a local canadian service and now you know because and i'm actually probably this weekend i'm gonna finally sign up to to Disney Plus because the Mandalorian 2's out. So I'm like, okay, well, now there's no choice. I have to, <laughs> have to sign up for that. So, you know, that's four four services. Oh, oh, sorry. I even I forgot. I have Apple TV because because I bought an Apple device and they give you one year free, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. But, you know, like that will expire. And I was like, am I gonna really want that? Not really. Yeah. So you, you know, like that's that's getting close. When you add that up, that's already you know you're getting at uh, you know cable type bundle prices at this point. Even today, today news in the states is that Netflix prices are going up again, right? So it, it, it's just that ecosystem is, is going to be a weird ecosystem. And I was having a, cl- a chat with, and just I'll close up on this. And so I'm having a chat with uh, a client this week where we we're talking about like, how much money do we make off of YouTube Premium? And I was like. Has it been going up? And I was like, I look at it and I was like, nope, <laughs> it's been going, it's been flat for the past little while. Whereas their ad revenue is like through the roof. So I'm pretty sure YouTube premium is not breaking the bank for YouTube. And this is a company with a billion, a billion people, right? Well, this is, this was exactly what I wanted to move on to next is that this path has already been forged by the biggest video platform on the planet. And it failed and it already had an audience of billions mm. and it still couldn't get people to pay for premium content despite having such a huge captive audience 
it had to make, you know, it, well, first of all, it failed on its original channels of which I managed to back in 2012, that, that experiment absolutely failed. And then, so that was premium short form and then premium long form in the, in the form of pre of YouTube red or later YouTube premium. I think that's pretty much widely seen as a failure. Mm-hmm. probably only an amount of time until that that business model changes and it already has changed because their originals are now out from behind the paywall and available yep. ad, you know, with ads so if the biggest existing video platform couldn't make that work how would a new startup be able to do that without any of the the audience mechanisms that that YouTube have and the building yep. audience, it's just like doomed to fail, yeah. unfortunately. The next point that we sort of wanted to drive to is considering the fact that this was a short form video platform, there was an awesome post on LinkedIn, which we'll put in the, uh, uh, we'll put in the show notes from uh, Phil Ranta. And uh, if you don't know who that is, he's the now um, chief operating officer at Wormhole Labs, but if you look down into his career, he's pretty accomplished in this ecosystem with uh, history at uh, Studio 71, full screen. So he knows his, he knows his uh, online video. And one of the, in the comments was about how this uh, failure sort of was another knock against the you know, short form video content as a viable entertainment medium. What do you think about that, Tom? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, really interesting discussion, and there were lots of people aggressively agreeing with each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I don't think there's anyone out there that, that thinks this is any way a, a, a mark against short form content. You know, it's not a problem with the content; it's a problem with the business model and with the with the platform. Um, YouTube is continuing to grow and have record numbers. TikTok is ridiculously successful with short form video, um, Instagram short form video, Facebook short form video. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I, I don't think this is any kind of black spot on, on the name of short form video. I think, you know, it's, it's, they just got it wrong, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 here's 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 to me, this is a black spot on Hollywood just not getting it right. It's just like, oh, the ground has shifted, right? The entertainment ecosystem has shifted in terms of like there used to be a small number of people dictating what we were watching. Now it's completely the opposite, where there's billions of people dictating what, what we're watching, and. You know, that's the model that that uh, Hollywood can't seem to is is having a hard time with, right? They don't understand how to how to how to handle that. And the short form content, I think we we know for a fact that TikTok's the pure example of of that being a viable system. At the end, viable in the fact that you know TikTok is supported by a very rich company that we do not know if TikTok is profitable at all. <laughs> So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. And we all know how many years it took just YouTube to get profitable or make money. So, yeah, but we know that YouTube are making 15 billion in ad sales every year. So yeah. we, know, we know there's an appetite for it. And there's yeah, an and then, market for it. 
And a good, another good, a good, a good one that no, we don't talk much about is Snapchat, right? Snapchat's mm-hmm. not dead. It actually has, you know, thrived this year and has just posted like incredible numbers and is doing really well. And that's short form video chat contents. They're much more Hollywood than any tech tech uh, platform out there in terms of like you know being LA based and coveting uh, originals and all that sort of stuff. So. At the end of the day, like there was definitely a lack of understanding of who their audience was and who was willing to pay for this. It's just really, it's it's too bad because if they could have embraced, you know, original creator, they could have embraced digital creators and probably, you know, built an ecosystem that's much more insights driven by the the people who are creating the content online who actually know how to build audiences online. I'd be really interested to see what happens to the content that's been made for Quibi now because, you know, you look at that roster of talent and content and you think, well, you know, there was, I I saw a a program which was like Idris Elba versus Ken Block. Idris Elba being like the UK's most prized possession. Yeah. (laughs) And Ken Block being like car royalty. And I'm thinking, well, if you, you know, if you license that to the Top Gear channel, that's a million views in the first 24 hours each episode, without a doubt. But that would have probably only got like a couple of thousand views on Quibi. So I think there will hopefully be a home for all of that content. Because I don't think anyone's ever said this content is not good. Uh, it may not be perfect. You know, it may be Hollywood's idea of um, what what the kids want to watch, but I still think there's a lot of quality <laughs> content in there for sure. And they, they even won a couple of Emmys and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's not bad content. It's just, it needs a new home and I hope that it will find a new home, whether that be on Netflix or Amazon or YouTube. Oh, it definitely will. But yeah, you know, it's a, a lot of, a lot of money was spent on making good, good content. And it's a shame that the world don't get to see it. So I hope, I hope they, uh, they do get it onto another platform and by the sounds of it they quibi were not the, the smartest when it came to locking that original content into smart contracts so it probably will turn up on another platform so yeah that was about that was the part i was going to add actually the uh, ownership of every piece of content there reverts back to the producer <laughs> so that's a big win for the creators the creators are the creators who got contracts out of that are probably the big winners out of that one yeah they got they got nice sweet budgets and they keep they kept ownership of their of their content you know after the fact so yeah <laughs> it's it's just you know it's just a really fun um you know the thing is at the end of the day like everybody in the digital tech ecosystem saw the train wreck coming right you know, certain people just didn't want to listen. And they were like, oh, you're just poo-pooing us. Or, you know, they were like, you know, playing the whole like, wait and see, we'll prove you wrong type of situation, which I understand. But at the same time, like, you know, maybe they could have used some, you know, insights from people who know how to build audiences online, you know, who've done this before, instead of somebody who's been successful in another you know, medium ecosystem and then coming in and saying, let me show you how it's done when they have absolutely no idea how it's done. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I don't think I ever saw, um, any kind of LinkedIn post from anyone that said, Oh, Quibi have just come out of a great idea. It was always, Oh God, look what they've done now kind of thing as, as the timeline went on. So I was aware of what was going on, but I never really looked into it 
in any detail because I don't know. Maybe I just saw the writing on the wall before I'd even looked into it. But the only thing from Quibi that I saw were the ads. <laughs> so yeah, they must have spent a lot in US and Canada yes. by sound of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, they did. They did. If you ask the average person on the street, I don't think there's a. I don't think there'd be more than anyone outside the video industry. I don't think there'd be a single person that had heard of it. Yeah, unless they were an investor. <laughs> You know, the thing is, what's 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 sort of telling, and yeah, yeah, what's sort of telling, and at the end of this story is the fact that not one of those of these TV and tech companies wanted even to buy it when it was when it was just like we're done, we're just want to get sell this. It's like no, they're just going to close shop. Uh, It's quite interesting technology, though. If you think about that, honest for YouTube, that'd be pretty. There's a lot of people that could do a lot of good things with that. So I, I, I dare say the technology will find a new home as well. Definitely. Yeah. At a definitely. bargain price, no doubt. Quibi, we hardly knew you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick buy. All right. That was a sort of a quick sort of like insights on, you know, our views of, you know, what, well, or sort of everybody's views as well as like why Quibi uh, failed. If you were a Quibi subscriber and I loved it, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. That would be great to hear. Obviously, uh, let us know. Give us an email uh, on social media, on Twitter at Video Insiders, your thoughts on Quibi and why you think it failed. I think before we go, it's just important to say we're both still very bullish on the future of short form, whether that be YouTube continuing to grow, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever is continuing to grow. And yes, there probably is space for another uh, short form video platform to come into the market. But absolutely, if it's going to succeed, it will likely be based on UGC first. Those wild, wild west days, uh, as we've mentioned many times in uh, other other podcasts where content uh, platforms grow by letting people pirate crazy amounts of content. And then by the time they're growing, they can then start to clean up their act. So that would be my kind of future prediction for short form. And if any other platforms are going to come into the market, uh, I'd be, you know, the thing is I find in that side of the, you're absolutely right. That's sort of the only way to sort of really grow is to, to sort of play loosely with the rules. I just think that, these days, the way the internet's being sort of like scrutinized uh, by a lot of politicians, that that that's going to be harder and harder, especially and in the by, U.S. Also by technology companies. There yes. are companies now that we know of that are basically scanning the entire internet constantly for user-generated content. And I think it's going to be hard for, harder for platforms to get away with it because, you know, day one, you know, the media company is going to know that it's on platform xyz because they're scanning the internet all day every day and it's harder to get away with and and play dumb yeah yeah everybody's being in uh i don't want to say indoctrinated it's not the right word it's sort of being trained to become a creator right like every create when i say everybody i just mean like everybody like your 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 our phones are getting more and more powerful the new iphone is movie quality cameras are coming you know are in our hands right now so you know every kid on the street is growing up with well every kid that gets an iphone or, um you know is growing up so it's like the ugc side of things is just going to keep you know driving these these new platforms these new ecosystems and we need them because it's the only way to keep these um keep the 
the the the dominant ones on their toes to make them change i mean you, you know facebook wouldn't be scrambling the way it is for youth for the youth if uh, tiktok wasn't around uh, youtube wouldn't be adding new features to its feeds and to you know keep changing things if tiktok wasn't around if things got boring and the audience would, would move somewhere else so um you know competition is great in this space so we definitely want that to keep happening yeah that's a great point it's something i've never really thought about when you say that everyone's being encouraged to be a creator and another factor in that is that nowadays like if you put a camera in my face i'd be a bit like weary but if you imagine now that basically parents document every second of their kids life kids are used to having a camera in their face all day every day so for them to then pick up a camera and start talking to it and be a vlogger or some kind of creator is going to be like second nature I never thought about that before. They're growing. They're growing up. They're growing up with these creators in in their lives, right? So you know, I mean, five years ago, you were taught, you were hearing stories of kids wanting to become YouTubers. Yeah. Now everybody wants to be a TikToker, right? So especially TikTok. TikTok is like has created has made creators out of like everybody. You know, the the, the there's way less of a um, of a threshold with TikTok than with any other platform when it comes like to you mean like barrier to entry barrier to entry yes yeah, sorry yeah. threshold um that's my french english uh, <laughs> upbringing that <laughs> i never know the right word yes exactly the barrier is is non-existent and you can be you know a guy going to work in his longboard drinking ocean spray and go viral and next thing you know you know like you're you're one of the most famous person online and that's you know that was not a you know that's not a pre-planned uh video and youtube in a way like has gotten harder right it's way harder to to go yeah you know get discovered on youtube or post a video that everybody goes like you check this out you know like the only content i'm discovering these days is tiktok I think it's a great, and you know, I'm, I'm going to try to <laughs> cut this down. But when you look at t Twitter's, I always find fascinating when it comes to Twitter. Is I look at Twitter, and I'm saying, "Huh, everybody's ripping TikTok videos." That's that's a sign there, right? Like, they're not ripping vi YouTube videos anymore; they're ripping TikTok videos. Yeah. So that's a that's a sign that TikTok's really grabbed that you know, sort of the UGC side of things. Yeah, when our when when us old Twitter geezers. Uh, seeing a TikTok video, <laughs> we know it's uh, we know it's mainstream. All right, let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening to these uh, old geezers ranting about uh, TikTok. A little bit of a being smartasses about Quibi. Big thank you to TubeBuddy for uh, sponsoring the show since the beginning, and again, a big congratulations to the whole team for the acquisition by BEN. We're actually hoping to have uh, somebody from TubeBuddy in the near future to talk about this and see how things will change. TubeBuddy is the ultimate YouTube channel optimizing tool that we wholly recommend and use for all our clients almost every single day. It's the best 
Chrome plugin that you can use to optimize your YouTube videos to make sure they get discovered. And also it's it's got an amazing community that helps you learn everything about YouTube, uh, all the optimization. They have an, a really active forums. So if you haven't tried their forums, definitely jump in. It's uh, a great group of people out there and uh, they give you a lot of insights. Uh, thank you, TubeBuddy. Uh, and you can get an exclusive Video Insiders TubeBuddy discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thanks, TubeBuddy. Tom, have yourself a great uh, next, uh, you know, sort of um, isolation week. Yes. Hopefully you you pass pass all the tests. <laughs> I'll pass this. Hopefully if I can pass the stress test, that would be good. Exactly. Extremely stressed. Uh, thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this, please remember to give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up or a star in Overcast or whatever podcast app you are using. And we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks. Take care.